Welcome in, everybody, to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast at Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at burnorangenation.com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you can find fine podcast content. For some reason, you can find Kyle and myself. Feel free to connect with us on social media at Longhorn Pod. Shoot us an email, Pod at gmail.com. My name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm your host today, like I am every time we grace your airwaves. And I just decided to give Kyle the whole week off because, well, it's his first anniversary. And I'm going to be honest with you, his wife is way better looking than I am. So I am joined by the man himself, JT Van Gilder from Bring On the Cats. He's an editor and contributor over there, man. JT, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right, Gerald. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be back here. It's It's been a while. It's been, I mean, I guess it's been about a year <laughs> since we had you on the podcast. 11 months to the day. Uh, really? That's, yeah. I'm proud. I, I did not know that. You are way better at that than I am. So, uh, <laughs> well, I appreciate it. just happened to be up on my Skype record. That's what we used last time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, we're, we're moving on up. We moved on to Zoom, apparently. for That's what everybody's doing nowadays. And Right. So here we are. I think the audio quality might be better. You sound. I think you're going to sound better this year. Well, good. I hope so. <laughs> awesome. So we are like 72 days away from a theoretical kickoff. Things are kind of still up in the air. Uh, teams are suspending voluntary activities, Kansas State being one of them. Uh, but we're going to talk like we're going to have football. So uh, we're going to preview the Kansas State Wildcats today. It's year two of the Chris Kleiman era, uh, which – Let's be honest, last year was, uh, I don't want to say surprising, but Kansas State was uh, really, really good in what some would consider a year one or a year zero, going eight and five uh, after replacing the man whose name is on the stadium, Bill Snyder. So, like, it's hard to be the man after the man, but it seems like Kleiman is up for the challenge. So what are we expecting uh, and what are you hoping to see from the Wildcats in year two under uh, Coach Kleiman? Yeah, it was that was a fun year. I mean, he took a kind of a bag of spare parts and, and bits and pieces and molded into a halfway decent team, uh, you know, a lot better than, than I think even more of us, more optimistic people were expecting and went over. Oh, you was, was huge of course. And, um, but uh, you know, going into this year, you know, we're, we're looking for, for continued growth. Uh, you know, I eight and five would be great. You know, I, you know, you'd say you want to get better every year. And of course, you know, nine and four would be, would be lovely or even 10 wins. But I think really we're just looking to stay, you know, in that, that bowl eligible zone, continue at least six wins or better. Um, at, at least until he can get, you know, a couple more classes of his players under his belt. That's not to say that, you know, the, the guys that at K state that were here when he got here were, were terrible athletes or anything, but there was definitely a dip in recruiting um, especially in like through the middle and bottom of, of the last couple of classes. And uh, so depth has, has really been an issue. And, you know, I think we'll get to that a little bit later here, but um, you know, like, like having to bring in some transfers at running back and, and just, you know, like bits and pieces here and there that, uh, you know, really helped uh, last year succeed, but um, well then, you know, We'll, we'll create a situation where we could see a bit of a dip next year, but really, you know, we're, we just want to see that building for the future. And, you know, we, I feel like we say this every year, but like 
this could be the year where the Big 12 has a little bit of a shakeup, right? Because OU's breaking in some new people. OSU has a lot of talent, but there's all sorts of craziness happening in Stillwater, right? So, like, this, right. we say every year, like, oh, this could be the year where somebody challenges OU, and, and it's it's always next year. Uh, so, but maybe, I mean, Kansas State did it last year. So, what what who's to say that it may not be the year that Kansas State, or somebody at least, uh, decides to jump up and take a little bit? Yeah, it's... Uh, you know, I don't expect things, you know, things to get real weird in Stillwater, like you said. Uh, Matt Campbell, you know, you never know what to think about that guy. Like, is, you know, is eight wins the ceiling there, uh, you know, but they've got the talent. Of course, down at Texas, I mean, uh, there's quite a lot of talent there. You've got arguably the best quarterback in the league returning. And, uh, you know, saying, you know, that's, that's big coming from K state, you know, let's say, well, you know, we've got a, a pretty solid returning quarterback here, but, uh, but, uh, you know, he's no Sam Ellinger. One, I appreciate you, you mentioned Iowa state and I, I won't say this when Levi's on the podcast, but Iowa state's always going to be Iowa state. Uh, so you, you kind of, again, they're, right. they're going to, they're going to be, you know, eight and five, nine and four, and, and there'll be a couple people that they probably shouldn't, but that's a whole other conversation. But you, you hit me with the perfect segue, so let's just go and talk about it. Like, there's a lot of talk about who's going to be the top quarterback in the in the league. Is it going to be Ellinger? Is it going to be Brock Purdy? And there's there's a senior in, in Manhattan by the name of Skylar Thompson who has quite a bit of talent. He's put up some good numbers, uh, and he's going into his final year. So, like, he's a guy I feel like could be in the conversation when it's all said and done and all the dust settles, but like, what are the expectations for the senior? Well, it's, it's real weird. Cause I mean, you, you look at, uh, you know, where he should be as a senior and coming in as a four-star talent, one of the best, you know, recruits that we'd had in, in several years and you go, man, he should, he should be, you know, top, top two or three in the league. But of course it's the big 12. Every quarterback is really good. And, uh, you know, even top half, you know, top five or six is, is pretty good for the big 12. Um, and, and then you look at, at where K-State's going on offense. I mean, Bill Snyder liked to run the ball and, you know, in what we call Snyder 2.0 here, you know, the, <laughs> the passing numbers were, were never good outside of Jake Waters um, ridiculous 2014 season. And, uh, and new coach, you know, offensive coordinator, uh, Courtney Messingham now, now in his second year, but their, their offense at K-State last year and at North Dakota state, you know, when they were there was never huge uh, passing wise. I mean, put up enough numbers that, you know, Carson, Carson Wentz made a lot of noise and of course got drafted real high. Um, and the guys they've, they've had since then have put up decent numbers, but it's not like, like, like Iowa state where they're, you know, putting up almost, you know, 4,000 passing yards, season because that's what they do um it's not going to look like you know oklahoma state that you know spread passing running attack that that uh lincoln riley is so good at um but you know we're just uh again looking at at that solid increase the the building for the future there's there's some good young pieces at wide receiver and at running back and a tight end that we're going to see a lot more use out of and uh, really looking to to see, you know, it, it can can he improve on that that distribution, cutting down on on bad plays where um, there were there were plenty of times, especially early on last year, where Skyler's like running to the sideline on a you know kind of a 
escaped in the pocket bootleg and didn't look like he knew what he was doing, where he was going. Um, so we're, you know, looking for, for uh, that improvement there, you know, being another year comfortable in new offense, uh, being another year comfortable with his targets. Um, you know, I would hope that he could finish fourth or fifth in the league. Uh, you know, oh, well, you know, once, once it's all said and done, I, you know, I'm, I'm not looking at him being first or second team, all big 12. I don't think that's realistic. Uh, but, uh, you know, to get that honorable mention nod at the end of the year to be, you know, talked about in that top half and go out with a, you know, with a real good career. That's, that's all we, I think we can really ask for out of him. And I think it's fair. I mean, the, the big 12 is a quarterback league. So, um, even again, top five in the big 12 is, is still doing pretty darn good. So you mentioned the, the targets he's got out wide. Um, Dalton shown who I feel like was, was in school for 53 years. Uh, it has graduated. Uh, but a guy who flashed against Texas last year. And I still, uh, man, that guy, he's got a ceiling is Malik Knowles. Uh, who's going to pick up some of that production. Uh, so he's likely to be one of the featured receivers in that passing game. So who else is going to step up, uh, to kind of, to, to fill the gap and help Thompson, uh, reach as much as he can this year. Knowles would have been, I mean, was our number one option through most of last year, as long as he was healthy. There was there was a stretch there where he was injured and and dealing with leg stuff most of the second half of the year. But but like I said, we got to see you know that that what talent he does have on display against Texas. I mean, there's not too many wide receivers in the country that can run away from Texas defensive backs and and. I mean, there's just, you know, a lot of talent there in Austin. So, uh, but uh, some other guys we'll look out for, for this year are uh, Joshua Youngblood. He was a true freshman last year, kind of burst onto the scene in the return game. And then they started featuring him in uh, um, some packages where he was getting the ball off things like jet sweeps and in screens, you know, getting, getting the ball to him quick and letting him use his his speed, he's he's kind of one of those undersized guys that, that just seem to <laughs> gravitate to K State. I mean, he's he's listed at five ten. I don't think he's that tall, but uh, he is you know lightning fast. Uh, but can catch. He'll be definitely probably the primary option at uh, um, slot receiver. And then we'll uh, we've got White King Gill again. He, another shorter kid. Um, he's a senior this year. And he was, he came on a lot, uh, towards the end of last year, another slot kind of guy, uh, short and fast, but good hands. Um, and then to help Knowles on the outside, uh, another, uh, Texas kid, Sebastian Taylor, he's a big target, six, four, two twenty. I mean, just a big kid. Uh, his best game was against Texas tech last year, but, uh, he showed flashes the last few years. And if, if he could ever put, you know, the whole thing together, he, he could be a solid, um, you know, big 12, number two, you know, number one, a kind of receiver. Um, we just haven't quite seen him put it all together into one package, uh, yet, but there's definitely, um, you know, quite a few options on the outside. Uh, and then, uh, and a change, um, from Snyder 2.0 to this current staff, um, is the, the use of tight end. Um, and they, they really want, you know, tight end to be more of a leading receiver kind of role, um, picked up kid from, from Northern Iowa, uh, that probably could have left and gone to the NFL. Um, his name is Briley Moore. 
he was uh, he was getting you know NFL draft grades in 2019, and and then got hurt against Iowa State in their loss, and and decided to, to you know do a grad transfer, and you know he's a he's another big you know big fast kind of kid that that uh, you know NFL teams are screaming for right now out of their tight end position um, that can catch can block a little. So, you know, I'd like to see more of a balance from the wideouts to the tight ends. I think that's that's kind of a direction that they'll try to go. And he really just wanted another shot at Iowa State. Is that I think that's why he probably ended up in the big Probably. 12. Yeah. I definitely, you know, like a guaranteed win against <laughs> Iowa State. Oh man, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to tell Levi that, that next when you have him on. Uh Let's I we seem to be the bane of their existence that I they they beat us like one time in the last decade or something. And that was the, the game in 2018 that basically sealed um, Bill Snyder's fate in Manhattan. It's uh, man. I, Iowa state is terrifying. I, I still wake up and have cold sweats about um, Ron Prince and, and Josh Freeman. So I, I get, <laughs> I get having a, a, a thorn in your side from, <laughs> from Kansas state. Okay. So uh, staying on offense, a potential gap for Kansas state offensively, which is weird. Uh, Cause that's not normally what it is, is, is the running back spot. James Gilbert trying to make his way with the Rams. Uh, so Kansas state, again, like you mentioned, looking at grad transfers, looking at it, some guys with maybe less, less, uh, less miles on the, on the vehicle for lack of a better term. So uh, who do you think is going to be the player to step up for Kansas state? Or is it going to be kind of a committee situation? Like what's the, what's the running back situation like? Well, they have uh, coaching staff has shown the past that they really like that running back by committee. Um, You know, there'll be a guy that starts most often, but, but they really like to rotate guys in there. Um, You know, they'll get, they'll have backs, you know, the three or four backs that get, a lot of carries. Um, I think right now the the two the two guys gunning it for that that one A spot are the the two uh, freshmen that played last year. Uh, Joe Irvin, he's a he's a shorter guy, but he's got good burst out of uh, uh, South Carolina. And then this big kid, Jacardier Wright, out of Illinois, he was kind of a late sign. They weren't quite sure if he was going to qualify, and he ended up dead. And and he he came on late. It was a big uh, feature in the, the win over Iowa State at the end of the year. Um, big kind of bruiser back. He doesn't have that that ultra top end speed, but he's going to run through people. And I think those are, you know, 1A, 1B. You flip a coin, one of them could start, and the other guy's going to be the, you know, getting, you know, they're, if there's 40 carries, they're each getting 20 kind of situation. So my money is on, on, on right. He looks like – you know, he looks like one of those guys that Alabama lines up every other year. Uh, it to my eyes, you know, it's hard when you're used to seeing guys back there that are five eight, five nine, and then you get this kid that lines up in a six foot, and you're like, oh man, he's a giant. But um, but those two guys are both real good. And there's a couple other freshmen that they brought in last year that are that were highly touted, um, didn't end up seeing the field. Kid from Oklahoma, kid from um, Casey Mo, uh, that could also you know mix get into the mix. Um, there's a couple seniors, uh, Kansas guys, but, um, and they'll see time, but they're, you know, they're former walk-ons. Um, Tyler Burns has some speed. His older brother, uh, Morgan was, was lightning. It was a kick returner a few years ago. Um, but 
those two guys will will get carries, but but really when we get into the meat of the Big 12 schedule, you'll see the, the younger guys really step up. Uh, one thing that was kind of surprising this year was that they didn't bring in any more um, transfer running backs. So last year they brought in James Gilbert and Jordan Brown, a kid from North Carolina, um, and you know those. It was clear that that there was an issue, and this year that you know it. it seems like they're really comfortable with that young stable of running backs that they didn't try to go and find another, you know, grad transfer running back on the market. So uh, I, I think they're more confident than maybe, maybe some of us fans are in, in who they've got at the running back situation. I, I, I don't know what to expect from Kansas state this year. And it sounds like maybe offensively you're, you're in the same boat. And so uh, maybe we'll both be surprised when big 12 yeah. play kicks off. In fact, I think it's, you know, kind of the opposite from last year. Like last year we were pretty confident what we had on offense, at least in knowing what was available, you know, five, five returning starters on the O line and the quarterback and, and you know, these grad transfers that, you know, you, we knew what, what was available. Uh, whereas on defense, a lot of question marks this year. I feel like it's almost the exact opposite where defense front to back. I'm pretty confident overall, at least in the, in the top of the depth chart, whereas offense there's, there's a bunch more question marks. Well, you're just, you're just lobbing up the softball transition. So I appreciate (laughs) that. So let's, let's talk about that defense. Uh, And you mentioned the secondary, um, there's a lot of talent, but they're but they're replacing one one big name, Denzel Goolsby. Um, again, a guy who I'm not sad to see go. And be really honest <laughs> with you, JT. Um, he was both the statistical and uh, kind of you know leader in that secondary. So there's a lot of talent there, but who's going to step up uh, and and kind of attempt to fill both the production and kind of that leadership role back there? Yeah, and like so many other spots, they like to play kind of a rotation on the very back end at the safety spot. Um, we've got uh, Wayne Jones, who started every game last year. Um, he'll be a, a sophomore this year, um, coming into this year. And uh, But his third year on the team, he was a redshirt in 2018. Um, big kid out of Oklahoma. He's, he's big and he's fast. He's pretty good. Um, I don't know if he's the, the team leader type, but uh, definitely some some more of that coverage production. Now that he's got another full year under his belt, um, another big kid uh, was a JUCO transfer last year. Uh, Jonathan Alexander, originally out of uh, Fort Worth, um, went to to Kilgore College. Um, that's where we pulled him out of. Um, another big kid. Uh, to me, he he seems more like a one of those hybrid linebacker types. Um, I mean, really, you know, you'd put like 20 or 30 pounds on him and, and move him up. But at, at this level, he, you know, he's, he's great at safety from what I've seen from him, especially on, on like social media over the summer or, you know, this, in this off period, it seems like he's really leading his guys, um, his unit. He may step up as that, that team leader. Um, and then we got another, uh, senior. He was originally a walk on now. He's, I think he's on scholarship now, but Brock Monty, um, he was a, a quarterback in high school, all state quarterback in high school. And, you know, one of those guys that um, like Ty Zimmerman a few years ago that you just, you know, those guys, they, they know how to read the field. They know how to read quarterback size they know where they're going. Um, and so, you know, I, I think those three will be the, the three main guys in the rotation. Um, we'll see another few, um, you know, freshmen or uh, younger guys get in there, but I, I really think, 
you know, feel like those are going to be the three ga- main guys in the rotation. Um, now, when you move forward, then we've got, you know, um, AJ Parker, who's a senior this year, uh, great defensive back, great speed, uh, you know, and this will be his third year starting. Walter Jr. and John McPherson, um, they've split time at that nickelback role, which is really important in um, how Chris Kleiman look, runs his defense. They like to run that. It's it's more of a safety role than a, a, a cornerback role, but um, and and really it's it it's kind of like a linebacker or safety role than a, a corner role. But but those guys have played that spot really well. They can also both play outside. It's kind of a, a coin flip which one ends up on the inside and which one ends up on the outside. Uh, but again, then there's there's several younger guys um, there. Lance Robinson played a bunch towards the end of the year. Uh, you know, uh, we got Will Jones. He played a few games. He preserved his red shirt, but he, he got in a few games. Tyrone Lewis, he got in a few games. So there's there's guys that, you know, they've, they've got some games. They've got talent. It's just a matter of, you know, whether they can put it together and, and be complementary pieces to those seniors, those guys with experience that are there. Um, and like I said, uh, that top of the depth chart is pretty solid, replacing Denzel, but um, I'm pretty confident in what, you know, the guys that are back there to, to step into those, those shoes. I, I, like the, I like the confidence, especially, again, Big 12 passing league, so it's not um... – it's always good to feel good about your secondary. So right. uh, in front of those guys, the linebackers, Elijah Sullivan uh, is going to be back. He was a defensive leader in 2020. Sophomore Daniel Green uh, flashed quite a bit last year. Uh, linebacker is something that I feel like we could set your watch to under Bill Snyder. Um, and it seems like that at least is going to continue for another year. Or so like, what do we expect or what do you expect from this pair and how, how will they uh, kind of keep the standard of what we expect from K-State linebackers moving forward? Yeah, I, and really, uh, we're missing one. Um, uh, Justin Hughes uh, was a guy that he got injured actually last spring and tore his ACL, tore up his knee, and um, ended up getting a medical red shirt this last year and will be back. He's a, a sixth-year senior, um, same high school as Elijah Sullivan, uh, but a couple years older now. And, you know, he was, he was the real team leader you know, off the field last year. Um, as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be the guy right there in the middle, running plays, you know, calling defenses, calling cover, you know, being being that quarterback of the the defense, and having him back on the field is going to be huge. Um, but that there's no, uh, uh, you know, like I said, Elijah Sullivan, definitely a fast kid, flying all over the field. Um, and then, you know, Daniel Green, a lot of talent. But there's some other guys back in there that, um, you know, haven't quite seen the field yet, but they're they're real good. Um, uh, kid out of Western Kansas, Levi Archer, uh, big, fast kid. He was actually a quarterback in high school, but he's big enough that they, they stuck him at linebacker instead of safety. Uh, got a kid coming in from you know, a couple kids from Texas that are that are expected to be really good. Um, and that was one spot. I think that they were, they were kind of hoping though, for, uh, a little help. You know, they, they went hard after Jabril Cox, the, the North Dakota state transfer. I think they, 
you know, they were really hoping he would end up with his, uh, you know, former coaching staff. You know, we ended up going to, to LSU, but it was a kid that everybody in the country wanted. Um, and, you know, they would have, they would have found a spot for him, but, but really, you know, this another situation where, you know, he was the only like transfer they went after, even though they lost a couple guys. And, uh, and so, yeah, that, that top of that depth chart looks really solid. It's, you know, and, and if the, these freshmen pan out, these young guys pan out the way that they, it looks like they'll pan out that, that should be another unit that, that, like you said, you can set your watch to, they'll just, they'll just be next man up every time. I love it. So, so JT, um, I feel like we, we've sufficiently covered um, the football side of things. And so one of the things that Kyle and I like to do, Kyle's, uh, again, not here because I gave him the week off because, again, it's, it's your first wedding anniversary. Like, celebrate. Yeah, that's, uh, that's important. It yeah. is important. But but I do want to keep – so he came up with with a name for, for our um, kind of impromptu question segment. segment. He called it the hooked him round, and I'm not, again, a huge fan of it. It's fine. I say it every <laughs> week. But – We've done it now four weeks in a row, so I've got to. So um, the first question I want to ask you, and this is this is a little bit of a softball one, but uh, so Texas is heading into Manhattan, and one of the things we like to do is give some restaurant recommendations for people if they're going to make the trip. So if people are heading up to the Little Apple, man, where do they absolutely have to eat? Well, that's tough because there's so many good places to eat in Manhattan. Um my favorite uh, place I'm always partial to is a place called So Long Saloon. It's in Aggieville. It's it's a small bar and and grill kind of place. Um, burgers on the menu. They do have chicken too, but great burgers. Um, they've also got a uh, a pineapple beer that they call the Nancy. It's uh, their own special mix of pineapple juice, and it used to be old style, and then. Not long after I turned 21, they stopped being able to get old style, and now it's just old Milwaukee, but it's still really good. Um, and it's it's one of those drinks you, you just can't replicate at home for some reason. I mean, it it sounds simple enough, but you you, you know nobody I know has been able to to recreate it properly. But um, so so long saloon is great. Um, can't go wrong with most places in Aggieville. Of course, you know it's it's the it's the student bar district. Of course, they're going to have great food. Um, there's a place on, on the, uh, West side of town called power cat grill that I also love going to, of course it's K state themed, but they're, you know, people that are, are super friendly and the food is so good. Um, there's some places that used to be really good, but if, if kind of gone downhill, like one of the places that people always used to say was uh, little apple brewing company. I, I, f- I feel like they've fallen off in the last four or five years. Oh, you know, if, if you're talking to old timers, they'll, they'll bring that one up all the time. And I just, I haven't been thrilled with it. Um, then there's, there's one off the wall place. If you don't mind making a little drive just on the, on the Southeast side of, of Tuttle Creek Lake, there's a place called little grill. Um, the guy who, who owns it is, is this crazy, like Jamaican guy. And he, but he's got some of the, the most spectacularly, odd recipes. Um, I mean, I, I had uh, alligator gumbo out there one time and it was just uh, magical and um, you know, but it's, it's one of those places you have to drive to get to, but it's, it's pretty great. Okay. I, I am. That sounds right actually up my alley. So I, if I make the trip this year, 
that's where that might be where I end up. Okay, so the weird thing that I've been doing, and and this is I don't know why I'm fixated on this, but you know it's weird. It's one of those ADHD things, I guess. Is <laughs> I I'm trying to find. WWE wrestlers or WWF wrestlers that are tied to the universe. I couldn't find one specifically tied to Kansas State, but uh, Bob Orton and Bob Orton Jr. are both proud. Um, well, I guess they're they're they they waffle back and forth between Kansas and Missouri, but we're gonna call it Kansas uh, for the sake of what I'm trying to do. So none of that is consequential, but it gets me to the <laughs> question of if there was a player on the Kansas State team that ha- that was going to be a professional wrestler in his next career journey. Who would it be and what would their name be? Does it, does it have to be a current player? I'll, I'll give you the last couple of years just to, to, to uh, really open it up. If there's some if you who are you thinking of? I want to hear it. I'm I'm thinking of uh oh crap and this as soon as you asked me my name my, my brain blank. Uh Will Gary. Uh this is a defensive tackle a few years ago. I think he graduated in 2018. That feels fine. Uh, yeah, that's good. Uh, but I, I mean, that was, that was the running joke for a long time that, you know, he was just a bear in a man suit. I, you know, one of those kind of guys that just, it was just kind of awesome and grizzly and, and uh, uh, great. So yeah, I'd, I, I'd go with Will Gary and uh, you know, that's it'd probably be his, his, his wrestling name would be the bear. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll allow it. I will allow it, especially because I had to really stretch to find a connection uh, as well. So we'll, we'll let it go. Say so last question. Uh, we asked this last year, but I want to, I want to revisit it. So um, one of the things that we, everybody loved about coach Snyder is um, the Cortez is in the windbreaker. He, he rocked a, a windbreaker from a bowl game for a while. And it was, I mean, I just love how unapologetically Bill Snyder, Bill Snyder was. And, and I know the Liberty bowl didn't turn out like we wanted it to, but was there a windbreaker given out? And is coach Kleiman planning on rocking that on the sidelines this year? Chris Kleiman is not a windbreaker guy. He ah. is a, you know, a long sleeve, like, you know, Nike dry fit shirt and khakis kind of guy, but he is, he is not a windbreaker kind of guy. So um, it seems like maybe the guy, like, like if they passed out a, uh, a hat or something, but you know, he'd, he'd wear the ball cap, but he, he, he doesn't seem tied to a particular style the same way that, that Snyder was definitely so, a little bit more modern in that approach. So your typical lame coach outfit is, is, right. is what you're telling us. Right. Right. I, I love, like, I love that. I knew when, when Bill Snyder was around, it's like, there's going to be a windbreaker. There's going to be Cortez's and, and it's going to be a good day. And so the fact that I'm not getting anything unique from the Kansas state coach really, really like puts a hole in my heart. Like it, it makes me sad. Yeah. But it's, then it's kind of nice. Cause then you're like, Oh, so what's he wearing this? You know, at least last year it was, it was unique to us that we had gotten so used to, to that, Buffalo Wild Wings windbreaker and you know, the outfit, no matter what the temperature was, whether it was, you know, 500 or five, like that's what he was wearing this year. You know, he's climbing, he wore coats, he wore, you know, dry fit shirts and he wore polos, he wore long sleeves. Like, like, you know, it was, it was kind of neat. Like, Oh, what's he wearing this week? You know, a lot of teams, they have that, uh, you know, what's, what, what, what's the team wearing, you know, like, you know, like Oregon and they've got 50 million combinations and you know, what's, what's the team combination. It was kind of like that, but, but for the coach where we got, it's like, Oh, what's, what's climbing wearing this week. 
Okay, I'll allow it. I'll, I like that. I will allow that perspective to, to bring me joy. So, uh, <laughs> JT, man, I really appreciate you taking some time, man. If people want to find uh, more of what you have to offer, man, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, definitely at uh, at Bring on the Cats, great explanation site. Um, if you really, really want, you can follow me on Twitter, at JT Arkman. Um, don't ask where I've got that. I was, I, it's a username I've used since, like, high school. So, um but uh, <laughs> a lot of K-State sports, a lot of uh, – I've gotten into more current events here recently. You know but, a lot of people, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, but definitely a lot of K-State sports. Um, and not just football, but uh, basketball, definitely baseball. I'm a big baseball guy. That's what got me on. I'm bringing the Cats in the first place was covering the baseball team back when, back when they were winning the Big 12 title in 2013. So, um, but yeah. Awesome. More the merrier. Love it, man. Thank you, JT. Thank you so much for uh, coming on, man. And we will uh, we'll look forward to connecting with you again. Uh, I mean, maybe, hopefully, we'll do it more frequently than 11 months. But uh, right, we'll, right. hopefully. Hopefully, we've got football and we've got stuff to talk about. Absolutely, man. Thanks again, brother. Thanks. And that's all we've got for you this week. You can find me on the internet. I am at GH Goodridge. You can follow Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Carpenter. You can follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. Shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. You can catch me on my other podcast, Two Woke Nerds. We're talking video game news. Got some uh, things of interest to, to my co-host Raymond and I this week. So we'll talk some video games. We'll talk some comic book movies and, and weird things happening there. But thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And until next time, welcome. Okay.